0: All right, let me go to stadium management CEO. That is Dr. Jacques Robler joining us on the line. Thanks so much, Doc. I'm sure you've been listening in. Welcome to MSW.
1: Absolutely, I've been listening. Thanks for having me, Rob.
0: These kind of acts are just becoming more and more and more prevalent. Is there a reason? Have you picked up on anything? And are we doing the right thing to try and combat it?
1: Robert, obviously, I can't talk about what's happening on a national basis, but um, at Stadium Management, in particular the FNB Stadium, we've been focusing on uh, Act 2 of 2010, the Safety at Sports and Recreation and Events Act, and we were following the, the Act and uh, the establishment of a event safety and security planning committee for each event um, very thoroughly, working with government organisations, working with the security of the board, and making sure that we, that we follow the Act. And we've seen an improvement of what is happening at the F&B Stadium. I'm very upbeat about what we have achieved over the last year.
0: And when you talk about the 2nd of August 2010, the Safety at Sports and Recreational Events Act 2 of 2010, and it always leaves me with a little bit of a bitter taste when I see these incidents and I ask myself that we were such good boys and girls during 2010, almost like when... We're expecting an inspector or principal to come through to our school and we clean up the walls and we paint and we sort out the pavement We take the weeds out so that we give an impression that what we're doing is good. And we did that in 2010 and uh, we scored very highly as far as that is concerned. But post 2010, and then there have been disasters, there have been incidents, like you rightfully say, it might not impact directly with you as stadium uh, management. It might be other venues that are under different management as well. How important is the driving of the messages? I mean, do you get fans that rock up to your venue, for example, that expect to get in for free? Because their clubs have been touting the fact that this is what they need to do to get into the stadium for free. And they almost push their way through as a result.
1: Well, no, um, we, we haven't had incidents like that. Um, uh, we, we know that the act is, um, is aimed at the protection of our primary Event stakeholders, and that's, that's, that's the crowd. So it's very important for us to drive our messages on um, on social media, uh, press statements, uh, press conferences and making sure that the right message arrives at the, at the spectators at the right time. And that is a, it's a process of constant messaging. It's not something that you start a week before or a day before. You've got to start to that messaging weeks in advance of the event. We've seen at the F&B Stadium um, a large number of, um, of counterfeit tickets being used, but we don't see people arriving at the stadium with our tickets, except those, uh, those small number of people. And when I say small number of people, I, I, we've determined that it's about 500 to 700 people per event, such as Adobe, coming to the stadium hoping to buy uh, counterfeit tickets. Because when the counterfeit tickets are presented at the gates, um, our system, the gatekeeper system, picks up on that, on that number. So it's a minute number. That we're dealing with uh, five to seven hundred on eighty-eight thousand um, people. That's not a lot, but again, each stadium has got different requirements. You were you were talking about twenty ten and what we did and the lessons we learned, and um, I can only give you a reverse answer there. That that I see the answer and the solution more than often lying in in the budgets. We mm-hmm. cut budgets, to save money, to um, to to use less staff from local authorities, use less police officers, use less JMPD, and that is a motto that uh, safety management has adopted, that we are spending the the money on the right places. You spend money on safety and security and the messaging, as you rightly said, and then you're going to see the results. Mm -hmm.
0: And and I'm glad you mentioned the the, the police, though, because I get a bit confused, Jacques, and I don't know what the right thing is that needs to be done. What I witnessed On two occasions, once at the Moses Mabita Stadium before that stampede or the riot that broke out there um, was the presence of police, which is either seen as something good and a hindrance and people then either behave or don't, or it is seen by the supporters as a sign of we will show you who is boss and we will go full out and we will throw objects at you because now you are coming out in full force and that worried me somewhat and i saw something similar again at loftus over the weekend where there was just all of a sudden a lot of uh, saps that were on the field now that again to the fans either gives an indication that okay we can feel a bit safer now the cops are here or it can give the people who are literally angry a way to say we will show the police again who is boss at the at the given moment. And I know that even uh, Coach Pizzum uh, Simani was a bit frustrated because there was a stage where the cops were even uh, almost encroaching in his technical area yeah. where he is supposed to get all the freedom to work and see the game at all angles and they were now starting to block him, which I thought was obviously unfair. What's your feeling around that? Or do cops just get told, okay, time to walk onto the field and... You know, let's see what happens.
1: Rob, again, um, if, if one referred to the event safety and security planning committee, that committee is um, constituted by um, the police. The national commissioner appoints a police official, and he then appoints all the other members of the of the police or of the of the planning committee, and um, they will form the jock and the book on the on the day, the venue, operating centre, and any decision that happens on the day happens. Um, coming from the most senior police official at the stadium. Um, I'm a big supporter of huge and large police numbers. I believe in visible policing, and we deal with visible policing, public order policing, and undercover policing in, in, in general at the stadium. But visible policing gives everybody a sense of, um, of control, a sense of um, an organised environment, and it will also... Um, make sure that people think twice before they before they 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 get involved in unnecessary um, incidents. Um, again, referring to what happened in 2010, we were we were having these these um, plans. We were out out greens of security around the stadiums and far away from the stadium. And if one look at what happened at Loftus, that incident happened right at the gate of the stadium, right at the perimeter gate, and that shouldn't have happened there. It should have happened. 500 meters away from the stadium, where visible policing should have been in place. That's the way we do it at the F&B Stadium.
0: What's, what's the way forward, though? Because, I don't know, when you talk about the, the joint operation system of the VOC, who, who sits there and who makes the, the big call to say, listen, we, we spot potential danger, maybe go to this area of the stadium to try and avert any of that danger?
1: Well, um, that, that happens in the venue operating center. Again, it happens under the under the control of the most senior police official. And every member in the in the venue operating center has got a say. So it's joint decision-making that takes place. And between the police official, disaster management um, staff, um, emergency services staff, the security companies, your event organizers, and your stadium manager, um, all the stewards, your health and safety supervisors, all of them sit in the box and you follow the, the um, images on the CCTV system. And based on what you see on the, on the images and the feedback that you get from the gates in the areas where potential danger is lurking, a joint decision will be made. And each person, part of the venue operating centre, and the SSPC, is joint and sever and liable. And I believe that um, there should be a national uh, coordinating office at the police um, who provides national training, training, who deals on a national basis with the Security Officers Board, who ensures that our safety and security staff and also our local authority, um, police and JMPD members um, are properly trained in event management, not just in policing. So it's, it's going it's to take time to, mm. to get that system in place. Of.
0: Because uh, again, Jean, can, and, and and this might not affect F&B, because I've I've watched bus arrivals and everything has been smooth. The You know, the home team arrives. There's a certain procedure. They come through. They walk through uh, to the change room. The away team comes through. The same procedure uh, happens as well. When it comes to this whole idea now of gates being shut because now Team X is coming through. We don't want them here. They must go somewhere else. We, I mean, it, it, in the end, it makes everything just look like a, a joke where what is supposed to be standard and operational then becomes a mission because of whether it's rivalry or people that are, uh, are acting otherwise. It, it just looked extremely untidy. Jacques, how do we get to that point and, and how can that be averted now moving forward? I think it's all,
1: it, it all lies in consistency and, and continuity in your plans and your check sheets and making sure that your safety and security planning is working like, uh, like clockwork. Um, at the F&B Stadium, we've done a massive amount of, of big events um, where we put more than 60,000 people into the stadium. We do a lot of research and we work on, on analysis, data analysis, who comes to the stadium, who buys tickets. And we've seen with the last Sweater Dog a couple of weeks ago that more than 70% of our customers were return customers um, who was at the previous, um, at the previous big event. So it's people who listen to what they're saying. They, they get used to the processes and the procedures. Um, I must commend our um, spectators that, the thing that they're thinking to they Um because they were so well-behaved. Um, if you would remember, at kickoff, we had 72,000 people inside the stadium, which mm. is unheard of. Mm. Normally, it would have been thirty-four, forty thousand 40,000 people. But that's a sign that um, the public messaging you were referring to earlier on is working, that our messaging and the social media and the press um, work is is um, is working, and the messages get out to the people. But um, that's one part of part of what you're doing. The the second part is making sure that all your plans, in terms of um, your inbound routes, your outbound routes, where the JNPD will be operating, where the buses need to park, what is the protocols in dealing with the home team and the visiting team, There's a, there's a lot amount lot of um, of uh, um, protocols that need to be followed and processing the procedures mm. and um, as I said it's about the consistency and the continuity in those plans um, not waiver any any and, and allow any deviance from those plans as such
0: Look, just a final question coming through from uh, Twitter uh, Jacques uh, tk says uh, is the PSL responsible for stadium security or the teams themselves or is it a collaboration
1: yeah, Rob, uh, I've listened to, to what Tim said as, as well. Um, but we need to understand, we need to follow the the, the rule of the law. And the law says, um, in terms of Osasriam, that the ESSPC will be convened. The National Commissioner will appoint a police officer to convene the ESSPC. And the ESSPC will, will consist out of the stadium manager. It will consist um, out of the police, the different formations of the police, JMPD, your um uh, stewards, um, volunteers were applicable, health and medical service providers, um, members of the health department, all of them forms the ESSPC. So the ultimate authority and the ultimate liability lies with the ESSPC. And that's not one person. The PSL will be part of that committee. Um, and ultimately, the controlling Officer is the most senior policeman, and that is the right answer if you follow the, uh, the law of the rule. Mm. Because neither stadium, neither the PSL, nor the clubs can be held accountable and liable severally. Um, uh, it is a joint responsibility of the ESSPC. Mm. Mm.
0: Okay, Jacques, thank you so much. Uh, you know, we're trying to piece this together because I, I also just believe that the communication uh, is found wanting. We would not be in this situation if we're able to communicate more and people understand a little bit more. And I know that we can always call upon you to assist us in this regard. And I want to thank you ever so much, uh, CEO of Stadium Management, Dr. Jacques Groble, for joining us here on MSW. Thanks again, Jacques.
1: Thank you. I hope you keep
0: home. Hundred percent. Thank you so much, indeed. Um, yeah, voice notes are coming through. Do send those through. Oh six oh five eight four double two five zero. Marawa,
2: I've attended uh,
1: the the rugby twice here in Deben.
2: and the flow of traffic
1: is so nice. But you go to Mabida, it's a problem, and I don't know why. Are the police watching game, not controlling outside, not controlling the movement of? of traffic. Why are they closing the, the, the roads when the, 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 there's a, game, a soccer game at Mabida? It's not like when it's in rugby. Why are the police just standing there, closing the gate, the roads and doing nothing? It's not fair.
2: Uh, Rob, Sony uh, again from Bruxedla. I think this bad behaviour that we are seeing in the stadiums, it all boils down to our communities. There's a whole lot of lawlessness that is taking place in the country and people go unpunished and then that's where we are losing it. Um, it's true you go to the stadiums without a ticket you know you'll get it there or you're just gonna pull bulldoze your, in, your way in even if you have done something wrong you have stolen from the hawkers or anything that is against the law, people they know they won't get punished or they will be arrested and then on Monday they will be released on a warning or something like that so I think we need to set the law must just take its course punish lawlessness and then things will come right we as people we must learn to respect time if we can do that, things will be okay. Thank you. Hi Rob, uh, Chico here from Emden. You know what Rob, uh, all these um, shenanigans that happened and this chaos that happened at the stadium between um, Orlando Pirates and Mamelodi Sundowns, uh, it's a behavior that we running away from accepting. It's influenced by the African uh, rituals that these teams perform um sundowns might have performed same, certain things where they're expecting or following instructions of the muti men that pirates must uh, step into something hence they did not want to uh, pirates to to get into the stadium using a pass you know these things have happened before and uh, we should be adult about it because they they they're part of the game and uh, that's why that's the, that's why the chaos was like that um it boils
0: down to the use of muti all right, that last voice note says it boils down to the usage of booty. So, what does that mean? Does it mean that we must now accept what happens as a consequence, uh, put the lives of other people in danger because of a practice that we must now accept? I don't know. Give me a call. Oh eight nine double one zero two thousand. You are on Radio two thousand? Onkosing Pilem Kunu says on Twitter, it's like we didn't learn from the Ellis Park disaster seeing that video. I was shocked simply because soccer is supposed to be a family sport. How do you bring your family after seeing that? Bigger says for rugby, they open all the gates to access the venue. And for soccer, only a few. For rugby, they sell alcohol. For soccer, no. For rugby, traffic flows. For soccer, no. That's Loftus. I no longer go for soccer over there. And that is what I'm trying to say. It's not one person. It's a whole lot of people having a negative thought about football and trying to get there because it is a mission. And half the time people are now scared for their lives because they don't know whether they'll go back to their families alive.